0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the British and Irish Eagles podcast. You might be wondering where our voices have been for the last few weeks. We took a little bit of a hiatus, which is needed. This is not our full-time job. We don't get paid to report on this stuff. So we took a few weeks out to rest, recuperate, and uh, and make sure that we were back and ready for the new season. We're going to take a couple of weeks off again after this, and then we're going to hit into the draft season, free agency season, training camp as we ramp up to what will be an even better British and Irish Eagle season in 2024, 2025, and beyond. And I am welcomed by Phil the Fence and Tony B, nicknamed To Be Decided. Um, Phil, welcome back to the podcast. You are on mute, just in case you don't know. Um, how are you, sir? The the moustache and beard game is looking strong. Have you recovered from the Eagles' loss? And are you happy the 49ers lost?
1: Yes, I have recovered from the Eagles in the season. It has been, it feels like an eternity ago now. What I haven't recovered from... Is about the 15 millionth cold that I've had since the beginning of winter. <laughs> I've got yet another cold. It's going through the household yet again. And I guess no, people sure. who have kids who are listening in are going to be going, yep, welcome to parenthood. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm good, but I'm, I'm feeling a bit under the weather. Um, but, yeah, the 49ers losing to the, the Chiefs in the Super Bowl certainly has made me feel pretty good.
0: <laughs> I love it. Uh, Tony, Tony B, welcome back to the podcast, my friend. Um, stepping in for as you, of course, we all know Mick Mick McGivern is, has had his third child, Leo, um, young boy, healthy boy, M- mum, and, mum and son are healthy. Um, and is enjoying the first few weeks of his of his son's life, and we're delighted to welcome. We've we've filled in with another stereotypical Scotsman to keep the joke alive. Clearly, uh, but Tony, how you doing, my friend?
2: I'm good. I'm good. Your transitions are always seamlessly. on one bearded, <laughs> bald Scotsman for another. <laughs> <laughs> it was just the perfect. It was the perfect match, wasn't it? I'm good. It I'm good, Liam. The um, the wounds have been well and truly licked and have almost healed following the disaster against the Buccaneers. Um, much helped by the 49ers losing on Sunday night. So, yeah, all good in the hood here, fella.
0: Oh, good to hear. Good to hear. God, it feels back to be talking on the airways again. It feels, feels good to be talking to you, chaps, and to talking to all of you guys. Uh, and girls listening in, um, more poignant than ever. If you saw our, podca- our uh, podcast, our uh, podcast Twitter handle post out today. If you haven't, go and take a look. It's very important that you do. We are here for everyone's inclusion, um, no matter what your sexual orientation is, what your race is, what your beliefs are um please go and check that out it's important if you haven't already all right moving on from that important point let's just touch on the super bowl first folks because it's the most recent news we have um we'll, we'll just we won't spend too much time on it because the eagles weren't there although there was one man in particular who personifies Philadelphia Eagles who was there and certainly was quite the spectacle himself which i'm sure we will touch on um <clears throat> there's a question on here Phil. it's very poignant um And topical, how good is Patrick Mahomes? And and I want you guys just to reflect on this, not just in the light of his third Super Bowl win in four Super Bowl appearances. He's 28 years old. That's all incredible. We all know that. But perhaps also reflect in the light of Jalen Hurts had like the highest quarterback rating in a Super Bowl history and lost to Patrick Mahomes last year. This guy is a machine. And... Anyone who says he is not in the conversation for the greatest of all time, given his comparisons to what Brady did after six years, is either an idiot or supports a team in the same division as the Chiefs. and <laughs> doesn't want to admit it. Phil, I, how do you beat this guy?
1: It, I mean, it's easier. It was much easier watching a Super Bowl. Um we're for beats him the other, beats the other <laughs> thing when you're rooting for him because it definitely didn't feel that way last year. but it just I think it just goes goes to say that the fact that how people talk about him um when we were coming up against him, it was like you didn't want to believe it and then when he beats you, you still don't want to believe it. And then when he wins his third Super Bowl, you still don't want to believe it. It's like, yeah, eventually. It's so something like, isn't there. Still don't want to yeah. believe it. <laughs> <laughs> you've got, at some point, you've got to just hold your hands up and go, "Yo, I mean, like, there was probably a similar point in Brady's career where people just went, you've just got to start holding your hands up and saying, this guy is is it. And um, it's it's a bit of jealousy as well. I mean, I think you just when you watch him play, you can just see that there's that certain something he's, He's obviously a different kind of quarterback to Jalen Hurts, but it doesn't seem like any situation phases Patrick Mahomes. And, and 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 I guess people said when he took away Tyreek Hill, would he be as good? And he's he's done it twice. <laughs>
0: Since it's it's incredible, isn't it?
1: And it's sort of, and, you know, yeah, maybe the argument will still come up when Travis Kelsey eventually hangs his, his cleats up. But, I mean, if the Chiefs do it right, I mean, as long as you've got Patrick Mahomes at the helm, anything's uh, possible.
0: Did you see the, the three Super Bowl um, touchdown um, receivers for the um, Chiefs? It was like Juwan Jennings, um, MBS. Was it MVS um, and
1: Michael Harden.
0: Nicole Harden. Uh, you've just answered your question there. <laughs> it's not going to matter when Travis Kelsey goes. True. This guy could do it with literally no one and it's now going to be a case of for, for the next few years and tony bring you in on this point <clears throat> like it was with brady it doesn't matter how they play for the first few games or if they go on a bad stress run the eagles beat them this year the eagles beat the super bowl champs this year and That's... the eagles did a lot of teams that were that were getting there. sorry tony go on
2: both both of you have drawn the comparison the patriots and I, I... You, know, you, you look at Brady and there was all the questions about, is it Brady, is it Belichick? You know, Brady had Belichick, Belichick had Brady. They also had Gronk and Edelman and all of these pieces around around about Brady. Um, Brady went and did it in Tampa Bay as well. Bill's not done it since. And I hear all the arguments over the course of the last 24, 48 hours about you know, is it Mahomes? Is it Mahomes and Reed? Is it Mahomes, Reed, and Kelsey? Is it Steve Spagnola? All of these different ingredients in the mix, but fundamentally, the guy is just an incredible talent, and I think he could go pretty much anywhere under any stewardship and any pieces around about him, and he could he could perform the really ominous thing for all thirty-one fan bases for all the other NFL franchises. Is exactly what you've just spoken about, and the three white, three wide receivers that he was playing with. And to be honest, a Kelsey that either his number wasn't being called, he was being for chastised. the first half anyway. Yeah, yeah. indeed, he's, he's you know it was just being chastised to a degree for his his uh, you know. Temperate moment with with Andy Reid. Oh,
0: politely, Tony.
2: But he didn't. Well, indeed, indeed But he, he he didn't really figure in the game at all until a couple of crucial moments, particularly on that you know the last couple of drives that they had. But Mahomes, my daughter said to me over dinner yesterday evening, she asked me the question: If the Chiefs came along and offered you a trade, Patrick Mahomes for Jalen Hurts, AJ Brown, and Smithy, would you take it?
0: Your
2: daughter asked this question. My daughter asked
0: me that Get her on the podcast. What a question.
2: That's the question. So my answer was in a heartbeat, I would do it. You know, Ooh. and I love Smithy. I love Hurts. I love AJ. But yeah. that's a generational talent there. That's a that's a franchise changing talent. And you that's would have to take. do it. it.
0: That's a take. A that's a take.
1: That to me feels like selling your soul. So, like, you'd have to sell everything to game. And I'm not disagreeing with you that it, whether it's worth it or not, but it just—I get the theory. The
0: theory is solid, right? They're based on the facts of the wide receivers he has to play with, and they still go and do that. You can make yeah, an I... argument again with the coaches. I mean, Reed made it to a Super Bowl, a three NFC Championships or four NFC Championships with the Eagles before he went and eventually won his first one with the Chiefs. I know um, it's not and, quite and the and same.
1: Oh, I know it's not. No, I know it's not quite the same. But look how many teams have have sold the farms for top tier quarterbacks over the last few years, and how terribly it's gone. And I'm not saying I think it would definitely go that way for Patrick Mahomes. I, I believe that you know, the really,
0: the,
1: They didn't know that was that was for different season, because that's, yeah, that's that, no. But that's not the reason that, that's that
2: the dynasty the Chiefs have got building.
0: No. Yeah,
1: actually. they they kind of yeah they kind of did, they did what they needed to do in in that moment, and it could have gone horribly wrong again because Stafford is an aging quarterback, and it was debatable <laughs> whether if he was outside the lines whether he'd do as good. But anyway, the the point I'm trying to make is it, it it's it's a risky move to, to sort of do those kind of trades, and I think you've just got. I'm I'm just happy we're in the position we're in with a with a with a top tier quarterback. Um, it'd be nice if we had Mahomes, but. Just the way it is, I think it's
0: a great question, though, Tony. Like, I agree with you, Phil. I, if you were to <clears throat> ask me that question, what's your daughter's name, Kayla? Kelly, right? If, if Kayla was it was to ask me that question, I would be like, What are you trying to do to me, girl? Like, don't, don't put me in that position. <laughs> go to this your is, room, <laughs> this is go to your room. 20 lines, I love Jalen Hurts, and know of a quarterback. Over and over again into her hand, like at a Harry Potter, where it's etched on there. Um, <clears throat> no, it's it's it's, but it's a it's a fantastic question, um, and one I think we should put to the fan base uh, on Jaylen. Twitter for sure, um, because I'd be really interested to see what the response is. Jalen Hurts um, probably had one of the best quarterback displays in a Super Bowl of any quarterback in, in Super Bowl history last year, and still lost to Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Obviously, a lot of mitigating factors in there, but there are mitigating factors in every single game you play in the NFL. That's just part and parcel of the game. That is the NFL. Um, would I trade – this wasn't even on the agenda. I love this. Would I trade – would I trade Smitty, A.J. Brown, and Jalen Hurts? i got to say no. i got to say no because Jalen Hurts has proven that he can put a on his back and get them there. He has proven that he has the potential to be a – I want to say generational quarterback because he doesn't have the arm talent that Mahomes has. And I think to be a generational quarterback, you need to have the arm talent that Mahomes has. It's, it's special. It's it's different. Um, however, he has all of the building blocks and pieces to be a franchise quarterback that can take the Eagles to deep playoff runs to Super Bowls in the future. You're going to turn around to me and say... No prize for second best, Liam. No point in a deep playoff run if you don't come home with the big with the big trophy, right? We've had that taste for it in 2017, 2018. And and, and now we're at a period where I think like Cowboys the fans have been for the last 30 years, which is if we don't win at all, nothing matters to us. Um so going around the houses, I think, a little bit here with, with that question. But I'm I'm gonna place my chips, you know, I'm gonna put them all on on um on red. Uh, no, not red. That's Mahomes. So I'm gonna put <laughs> I'm gonna put them all on green zero. Green zero um for for, for, for Jalen Hurts. Uh, but I want to pose that question to the fan base because it's it's a very, very interesting one. All right. Um let's move on a second here. Coach Reed credit dynasty, could he surpass path I think we touched on that. I think it's it's definitely possible as long as he doesn't die from all the burgers he eats, that he could definitely do that. Um, he's a he's an exceptional. <laughs> coach.
1: Sorry, Liam, but, you're basing you're basing the possibility of a, a Chiefs dynasty on the cholesterol levels of a sixty yes, year old man. I'm loving that's it. Ex-
0: <laughs> that's exactly what I'm doing. Yeah, uh, I mean, the question is, could go create green dynasty? Could Yeah, I think he absolutely could. Um, and I t- Tony. You mentioned scary, scary prospect for all fans listening in. Scary prospect of Mahomes and Reed. Because you can make the argument with Brady that the talent level wasn't quite there, isn't, isn't quite the same as Mahomes in terms of raw talent and ability to put the game on your back. Now, Brady was, was very accurate, made made big-time plays. The GOAT, is he is still the GOAT. Uh, Mahomes is not the GOAT, yeah, Brady is still the GOAT. But they had great defenses, they had a great coach that worked for years. Brady did go and win in Tampa, but he went to win in Tampa with probably the best offensive receiver core the NFL has seen in the last um, 10 years, uh, as well as the best offensive line and an incredible defense. And they all took pay cuts to go and win a Super Bowl with Brady. So their, their team, their, their squad was incredible. Likened to the squad of the 49ers. One could argue, um, <clears throat> you know, you, you could make strong comparisons to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers win with Tom Brady at the helm to the, um, to the 49ers team this year in terms of um, defence, offensive weapons, and a quarterback that is built to just get the ball to he needs to get it to and and then allow them to make uh, big plays. All right, let me just answer that Uh, the English way rather than the Irish way. Coach creating dynasty, could he surpass Pat? Yes, I will say he can. Phil?
1: Uh, Yeah, I think it's definitely possible, given the age that Holmes is and the fact that they've managed to do it without their star wide receiver for the last two seasons, you'd like to think that they'd be able to replace Travis Kelsey. Um, oh, it's all very much very much dependent on... I mean, I'm not replace him like for like, but I mean, you know, find the next Travis Kelsey or find the guy that's going to be... Noah Gray, it seems, a more than capable of tight end. And obviously, he's getting the experience of Travis Kelsey. So they'll be hoping that he can kind of go into... um They'll be hoping that he can go into the... Um, the, the shoes, the big shoes that he's going to leave behind. Um I think it's possible. And I think it will be exciting to see that happen. I wonder what, what size shoes he does have, like
0: 18, 17? Big, big
1: right. shoes, I imagine. But yeah, no, I, th- I think it's more the case of, I think the expectation is that if there's going to be a team that's going to do it, it's it's going, it's going to be them and until the next team finds their, their Patrick Mahomes, their Tom Brady. Um, It'd be nice from a neutral perspective. Obviously, I don't want them to win it every year. I'd like the Eagles to sort of beat them well, at least one time. But um, yeah, it's, they're they're in a good position for it. Um,
0: there's a there's a comment on here, Phil. Um, let's 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 talk less about the Chiefs for a second. Should we talk about those Niners? Those winners Let's talk about those whiners for a second. How do you think Debo Samuel is feeling today, Tony?
2: Well, there, there, there's two things for Debo to be feeling sore about. One is the loss and the other is being absolutely roasted by Fletcher Cox. Yes, Fletch. Um, E-A-D, Fletch. Um, <laughs>
0: Eat a dick! <laughs> oh,
2: man. man what, a way to, what a way to sign off.
0: Was that on uh, the night of the Super Bowl as well? Was it that yeah, night?
2: I think so, yeah. It was lit down. It must have been so raw um, when, when Fletch did it, but uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna cry any tears for for Debo. Mm, um, no, I'm
0: Not gonna cry any Who tears. Hate more? Who do you hate more? Any... Greenlaw or Debo?
2: Um, it's like that's like asking me if. You know <laughs> <you'd>, <laughs>
0: Like, you know,
2: you rather you have sex with my wife or my sister, Liam? You know. <laughs>
0: Uh, and <laughs> Joey would wouldn't said, put your hands together. I'm sorry. I, on. I, I
2: don't I don't like any of it. I don't like any <laughs> of that concept whatsoever. Um, however, <laughs> however, um, I, I'm getting to the stage, and this is sacrilege to say this on an Eagles podcast, but I'm actually at the stage, and it might dissipate now that they've been beaten, but I'm almost at that point now that I hate the 49ers as much as I hate the Cowboys.
0: I'm there. I, I, I don't disagree with you and it's so interesting isn't it because rivalries steeped in history and um the teams you play again and again and we have many many reasons to hate the cowboys and I, I I still hate them with a passion unknown to man but it's the it's the it's a different kind of despisement for the 49ers it's it's less about the entire franchise and it's it's more about players and the fans. I have nothing against the 49ers historically. They've been a great organization. They've been a very successful organization. But the way their fans and their players have reacted, the culture that has been, its that's the word, isn't it? I was just trying to find what it was. It's the culture that Shanahan has bred and grown within the 49ers that allows the players to act the way they act like spoiled kids who've never had to want for anything in their life, which is true of most NFL players. You don't often see them portrayed as badly and as in your face, as we've seen with the 49ers. Um, and and it comes from his mouth as well. I mean, he's also making excuses. He made those excuses last year. You saw before the game, they're all complaining about the pitch, the training pitch that they were given. It was a it was a 5.5 rating where the Chiefs were working on a pitch, which was an eight rating. And they weren't happy with all this. The excuses were out the doors before the 49ers got on the pitch. Do you think that has any credence or any is, is that perhaps a reason that we see and we saw the result that we did? Because the 49ers are quicker to find blame elsewhere rather than their own doorstep and make excuses rather than front up and do what needs to be done.
2: I think Karma's a bitch. And all all the reasons that we were looking at tweets this time last year from 49ers fans and from 49ers players and everyone associated with the organisation, when we moaned about the pitch, they slagged us off about it. When we moaned Mm -hmm. about play calls, they slagged slagged us off about it. And actually, it's all just just come back to haunt them. They have um, reaped what they sowed and, uh, well, I I I see that they're installed as the favorites for Super Bowl 59. Um, <laughs> but I hope they'll put a gonna, lot of money on it. It's never going <laughs> to happen. So <it's laughs> we gonna,
0: just we just make a shout out to our friend of the podcast um Rock Eric Manuel um, <laughs> the, the <laughs> if you haven't seen E-Rock's Instagram, Twitter in the last few days, do yourself a favor. Go and have a look as an Eagles fan. I, I sent a message, to you can see on the screen here. There was one particular one where E-Rock had superimposed himself on a board, um, which is the 49ers beating the Eagles was the only Super Bowl they had. It changed my mind. Um, I sent him a message saying, love it, he, he sent me one back. Um, that is what we're talking about when karma's a bitch, right? That is what we're talking about, like, and And Phil, you said something very poignant yesterday in the in the group when we were talking about Fletcher Cox and Fletcher Cox's uh, message, and that was there's a, there's, a, there's a different class level to the. I mean, I know he said he and Dick, right, but put that aside. <laughs> All right. There's a certain class level to the way the Eagles, players and staff and coaches handle themselves, which is not seen by the 49ers and and that was personified by your point yesterday, Phil was Fletcher Cox has had this in the locker for ages. He's not mouthing off and spouting off and all the time about oh why did you say this why did you do that? He he's received he's received it last year, he's kept it there the entire time. He's gone okay, I hear you. Wait and see. There'll be a time when it's going to come back and bite you. They've lost in the Super Bowl. Bang! Timing fell
1: right. It, it's more it's the it's pretty much the case of just let. Let facts do the talking for you. Like, if, if he was that upset, as he can tell him to be a is, dick, both of us, yeah. But, well, no, but if he's, if he's that upset at the time, so when we lost to the 49ers, and maybe in the weeks afterwards, when we were really struggling and the 49ers were going on the upward curve and on their way to a Super Bowl, he could have given into that emotional impulse to say, You're all shit, you'll never win a Super Bowl, eat a dick, and blah blah blah, blah all that sort of stuff. And then hopes that they don't win because if they win, then you're, you you egg on your face. It's 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 like kind of, I guess it's more the the foresight to kind of go. Do you know what? I'll just I'll just wait, and then when it all comes crumbling down, I'll be right there to to remind you to 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 what you a dick feel you, like you a are. Dick. <laughs> to, to compound on the misery because you know you have not call this out.
0: podcast "Eat a Dick." And just be done with it. <laughs>
1: But it's just like he's just saying we would have, you know, we, we would have won it if we'd had Purdy. It's like, you know, that whole comment after last year's championship game It's like, oh, Debo, what do you have to say for yourself now? Um, <laughs> you had Purdy and you still didn't do it. Um, and I think
0: we would have won yeah. if we had Purdy.
1: It's just the whole, that, like I said, it's the whole mentality of the franchise that they're looking to blame everyone else but themselves. Whereas Eagles, players, coaches and and, the and like, they didn't know
0: the rules, Phil. Oh, we didn't know the overtime rules. We'll
1: get onto that in a second. But oh, the, the it, but that's what I mean, you know, like you said, is it's the we have the foresight to kind of, you know, you lose, you take it on the chin. It doesn't matter. It doesn't change the result we lost. We lost the Super Bowl. We'll we'll lick our wounds. We'll try and get back there. Let's just focus on the future. You know, flush it and move on. The Niners just weren't able to do that. And yeah, it kind of got them, you know, that, that anger got them so far to the Super Bowl. But mm. emotion can only get you so far. Um, then it's ability, coaching and talent that, that that gets you over the line, especially against a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes. And you're right. The coaching side of things, the big coaching fail, the overtime. Oh, we didn't know the rules. None of us knew the rules. It's like, I, I didn't remember the rules, but. You know, I'm not preparing for a Super Bowl. A Super
0: Bowl. I'm not going to pay soon... millions and millions and millions of pounds to exit. But as soon as,
1: yeah, but as soon as someone mentioned it on the commentary, commentary, I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They changed the rules. Oh, yeah. I remember both teams get a chance to possess the ball. I'm pretty sure in the two weeks you have to prepare for a Super Bowl, someone can kind of go, by the way, lads, just remember the, uh, the overtime rule. And the, the Chiefs
0: practice it. The, the Chiefs actively. Practice the entire, that's what winners do, right? Prepare for every eventuality, over-prepare. I was in a pitch today, a pitch prep meeting today, and I I said to everyone afterwards, they're flying off to Salzburg to do a pitch tomorrow, and I said, you guys have over-prepared the shit out of this. And they were like, oh, and I was like, that's a good thing, Mm. because you're prepared for any eventuality to come up. You're ready to react effectively and accurately as soon as anything happens. And the 49ers were too caught up in their own (coughs) hysteria and their own story to 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 bother to do that
1: well just ill-prepared um it, i mean overall like the fact that you miss that one thing as you mentioned off, off off um off air before we got on the pod you miss one little thing and it can mean the absolute world and it's that one mm. thing that cost you and i'm not saying the overtime loss like decision cost them but it just is indicative that if you miss that one thing what else did you miss in your preparation? And um, yeah, I think it's just it was just enjoyable. I netted some money. You netted some money. We're all happy that the the Niners lost. We're all moving on now into the off season. I think that's enough time spent on the. Uh, on I the think lineup. you're right. You guys- Let's talk
0: about how shit the Cowboys are instead then. <laughs> 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 now nah, listen, we won't we won't we won't spend too much time on this because I want to get to the, the season uh, summaries and um, we want to get to the players who are free agents. And we want to get to the coaching decisions um, and we don't want to get to all these things Eagles related, but just for a brief second, how happy are we all that Mike McCarthy is still the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys? Tony.
2: That's a very good question. I, 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 to be honest, I've not really put a lot of thought into it. I couldn't care less about the Cowboys. Um, if I was a Cowboys fan, though, I think I think Mick McCarthy a bit like Nick Sirianni, and we're going to come on to Nick Sirianni.
0: Mm. But,
2: but it, it's it's polarizing in its effect on a fan base, and I'm pretty sure that there'll be some some Cowboys fans that are happy that McCarthy's there, some that aren't exactly the same way as the Eagles fan base is. Um, I'm. If I'm honestly, if I'm honest, just completely ambivalent to it all. You know, the Cowboys will be the Cowboys. We just need to ensure that they don't go back to back in the East this year. And yeah, that's that. That's all I've got to say about the Cowboys, Lee.
0: That's fair enough. Uh, so one one poignant point to pick up on, Phil, is Dak needs paying again, and <clears throat> that has ramifications for the NFC East. That has ramifications for their their cap spend. That has ramifications for their ability to pay other players, um, notably Micah Parsons at some point, um, who has made no um, secret of his desire to play for the Philadelphia Eagles. I've just thought of a question, actually. So, Hassan Reddick is... We all know what's happened in the last... If We don't know what's happened. Um, let's quickly update everyone. Hassan Reddick um, was told by the Philadelphia Eagles that he he can explore trade possibilities. Um, <clears throat> we think the Eagles are just doing this from a business-sense perspective to see what his value is, to see what the market value is, to see what they are then going to be expected to pay him. Um, what about this scenario? Eagles trade Hassan Reddick and some draft capital. Don't know what that looks like. TBC for Micah Parsons. I mean it's a no-brainer if, if you're the Eagles, right? You you take Parsons over Reddick all, all day and twice on Sundays, Phil.
1: He wants he wants to be an Eagle so bad, doesn't he? Um and I think we'd definitely take him if we if we could strike up a deal that was um that was beneficial to both sides. I wouldn't want to pay over the odds for him especially to a, a, a divisional rival. I wouldn't give, give him give them too many draft picks and I would want to want to kind of keep it keep it above balls lads. let's not be underhanded about this at all um uh, yeah i mean it's like for like and you'd have to give up some capital as well but as long as as long as it was a a professional
0: you give it up a first in hassan reddick for mika parsons
1: (sighs) personally no that's what he was going to take right i would say yeah yeah I'm, i'm i'm personally i'm a bit precious about first round picks i think given the needs that the Eagles have this year, especially, I think, um, and we'll talk about that much, much, much more in the off season. I just think it's not going to happen. So there's, there's just, they're not going to they're not going to give their best their best defensive player to to the Eagles in any in any shape or form. And it would have to be a massive overpay. So I think it's it's almost irrelevant talking about really.
0: Well, it's good to know that you're still sitting on the fence, Phil. We wouldn't want you to move away from that um, perspective. So. <laughs> Uh, nicely done. I won't come back to you, Tony, because you said you don't want to talk about the Cowboys anymore, and I'll respect that. Uh, I would I would trade a first, and Hassan Reddick for Micah Parsons, for anyone who wonders what my opinion is on that front, I would, especially if it's a um, first in the 20s. Although I still don't think Cowboys would even go for that. Anyway, moving on. All right, guys. <clears throat> it's It's become the time. It is the time to talk about the Philadelphia Eagles' Season review our summaries of how it went The Eagles finished 11 and 6 We all know that Capitulated from the number one seed To the fifth seed And I don't think I am stretching this too far to say The biggest collapse we have seen Certainly in my Eagles following lifetime And Phil, uh, yours as well in terms of a team that is primed and ready to go win the Super Bowl, to then fall off to a team where, at the end, it felt like anyone could beat us. It felt like the Falcons could beat us. It felt like um, the Bears could beat us. It felt like anyone could beat us at the end because they didn't know their arse on their elbow or, or what they were doing. <clears throat> Tony, I'll come to you first on this. I, we're going to get to the the, the coordinators. We're going to get to the cause of death in a second your overall reaction, coming off a Super Bowl performance like we did last year, bringing back the talent that we did, albeit some of those fell off a cliff, uh, and investing in young draft capital like we did as well. Where do you rate 1-10 to the Eagles season with all those factors in play?
2: I think it's impossible to to rate it as an overall season, Liam, but if you did, it would have to be a below-average one. Because ultimately, it's the result at the end of the season that counts. And I think we, we grossly underperformed actually since, you know, from the, from the first snap in the game against the Patriots in, in day one. Um, you know, cause of death will come to, but I guess my, my, my reflection on the overall thing um, is really, you know, the, 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 the extent of the collapse was the shocking thing but actually the collapse wasn't the shocking thing um
0: that's a fair point
2: and you know if the signs you thought, were
0: there the signs you were there you mean uh, earlier on exactly, yeah.
2: exactly if you if you reflect on those 11 games how many of those 11 games did you go to your bed whether it's you know half past 11 at night for the two for the two three six o'clock games or you know half past three half past four in the morning punch in the air thinking that you know we've got this and in fact that the last the last time the last time that you guys had me on it was the it was the pod before the cardinals game and we we said collectively this is the get right game and if we don't mm-hmm. get it right in this game we're never going to get it right um so i think i think the signs like you say liam the signs were all there we were scraping through games we were calling it that we were finding a way to win and that's what championship teams are made of. I was
0: just about to say that. The, the eminent feeling was that we were we were convincing ourselves like the Man United of old, finding a way to win games and that's what mattered. And no matter who we came up against up until that point, obviously being there live and, and for some of us watching the Cowboys win, and um, some of us... Me not watching the last couple of plays because I've been sat in my position looking at the wall and everything had gone right while I was looking at the wall and I wasn't going to move from my position looking at like this specific paint blotch on a wall about 15 yards in front of me. Um, you know, it almost feels like we should never have left Philly because as soon as we did, it all went to shit. No, but, but com- coming back to your point, coming back to your point, you're so right. It felt like we were convincing ourselves that. The Eagles are perennial contenders now. Either when we're not playing good, we'll carve out wins. And something that I think we need to check ourselves on next year, because the Eagles are a team who will be in every game, the last few. They have talent on the roster. They've got a great GM. They've got a what we think is a very good head coach. We'll see what happens this season to play out. What we think is a franchise quarterback. I think we can all safely say we still believe um, that they've got great wide right, great right receivers, the best O-line coach in the league who constantly develops players. We've always been very good um, in the trenches on the defensive side as well. The Eagles are not a franchise that goes in and out of being good for the last. Thirty for the last twenty-five years, the Eagles have been there or thereabouts in terms of winning the NFC East and um, getting to NFC Championship games, and more recently, getting to more recently getting to the Super Bowl. They're going to be there. However, we're going to definitely need to catch ourselves on being overly positive about wins, which are just wins, and not was I can't remember a statement win this year, Tony.
2: There there wasn't. The the one the one one that you look back on you think, yeah, that was fairly convincing was a Miami game. Um yeah. but there, there, there's and I love I love the way you say, Liam, we need to check ourselves next season because you know there was actually an element of us that emanated through the 49ers as well, and that was a degree of entitlement.
0: Mm. Uh, you know,
2: we're we 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 have been in the Super Bowl, we're ten and one, we're this, we're that, we're the other. Actually, all of the flaws were there to, to be seen and mm-hmm. we'll, we'll come on to them in the death of the season shortly and i think the, the i think the 49ers are the same they, they have this sense of entitlement that they have this fantastic roster and without a doubt they've got the best 53-man roster in the nfl or had um probably the missing piece for them was a quarterback
0: yeah. And Ives um, gone now. Did you see his post on Instagram yeah, or his yeah, brother's print yeah. Yeah. Brother post
2: And I think I think you'll you'll begin to see some of those pieces breaking up as well, because I mean, what are they over the cap? 140 oh, million God. over the cap or something like that. It's ridiculous. Jesus. Anyway, really? we're back to the 49ers. let's not talk about <laughs> that. Um but we do we do need to check ourselves. There there shouldn't be that entitlement. And I I really hope that in keeping Nick Sirianni, he'll leads the charge on that because i would hold him to account on a number of the things that went wrong um over the yeah. course of the last uh, over the course of the last season but um yeah that's that, that's my thoughts i think it was it was plain it was it was hiding in plain sight Liam we just chose to ignore the elephant in the room and lo and behold it took 11 games for other coaches to to look at the tape and see how vanilla we were on offense how terrible we were on defence and how easily it could it, it could be to pick holes in us. And that's exactly what every team did. They,
0: they did. And, and apologies, I was listening to every word you said. However, my wife came to me a minute ago and said, where is the wine which we have ordered in for this evening? And I realised I never pressed send on the wine order. And now I'm getting devil looks from my lovely wife, Katie. O'Neill, um, it's now been ordered, darling. Uh, latest arrival by 10 past 10. <laughs> um, completely agree, um, Tony, uh, on all those points. And we are definitely going to have to check ourselves next year. And for a team and a culture and a franchise that prides ourselves on being the underdog mentality, the team that other teams in the league don't want to win, the teams that over the, league, the, the, the team where all of the national um, broadcasters don't give us a chance we don't want to slip into that sense of entitlement. We don't want that to permeate throughout the locker room, throughout the culture of the organization, because that's not the team we know and love to 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 follow. Um, you mentioned cause of death. I'll bring in Phil on this one before we come to you, Tony. Phil, um, cause of death. It feels like we're at a coroner's meeting. Um, cause of death. What 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 do you attribute that to, Phil? I I have. My opinion on cause of death, which is probably going to be different to most people's, but I'll let you two go first.
1: I think it, it was a bit tongue-in-cheek. We, you know, we, we've titled the notes Eagles Autopsy for this part, so it felt like we needed to determine the cause of death on the Eagles was, season. Was it General
0: Siriani in the library with the revolver?
1: Well, it feels like he definitely put a bullet in the Eagles season, that's for sure. But um, I think there's 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 so many different reasons and all of them are as credible as the other and together they probably paint the obvious picture i think i'm just i'm very much it's 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 not it's not being on the fence it's just it's it's trying to pinpoint exactly which one i don't think it's one in particular i think it's a culmination of a great many things as you mentioned just a second ago about you know, checking ourselves at the door. There was a certain level of arrogance going into the season, and especially when it started exactly as we expected. It only further fuels that arrogance. And you're right, it, none of the wins were particularly convincing, but whilst you're winning, who cares? That graphic that was permeated after every Eagles game with the graph of going, like, being through the floor, and then right at the end, yeah, we won. Um, it's like that was basically our season it was just you know being through the four through the floor yeah we won but obviously we didn't win in the end we just it never it never came back to good and and whatever the reasons why it became systemic it was terminal it was um the, the culture the mentality the emotional drain the the injuries the coaching decisions everything just sort of seemed to just implode and i, I joked several times during the season saying it was like the, the plot of space jam it's just that the everything just switched off. It was just gone. And no one could get it back because... But they never
0: got the talent back like they do in the film. They
1: didn't get their talent back, but it's the, the reason why they didn't get that back is because you can, you know, you're plugging too many holes. There's too many errors to fix. It wasn't like, oh, we've just suffered a lot of injuries. Let's fix our players. <laughs> let's get the injuries gone. Let's let's get help the players healthy. It wasn't, oh, the defensive coordinators had a meltdown and we just replaced that one guy and suddenly the defense is back to being on on firing on all cylinders again it was it was a lot of different things that were being masked the the, the, the floor was made of glass and once it shattered everything came falling down is that,
0: and, Syria, Phil? Is that sirianni is that howie i
1: You're mean talking about I would,
0: I would... the entire fabric of the of the team here um and i don't want to lead the witness um Well, who does that fall
1: with? <laughs> well, yeah, everything falls at the, the the head coach, the GM, and 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 I guess the owner as well. The the three of them are ultimately. I, mean, responsible I think less so the, the, the owner reason.
0: because the the owner tr- hires the GM and the coach to to deliver. But there um, are
1: room, there are suggestions that that Lurie is one of the most involved owners there are out there. So we don't think we only when they're playing badly. Supposedly, but again, we only we can only go on what we're what we what gets leaked or, or what we get little snippets of in the press. But Sirianni was fine when he was not calling place, and we had Shane Steichen, even Jonathan Gannon was doing okay, he just wasn't good enough when the like, light when push came to shove. We lost both of them, and the inexperience at, at, at coordinators is not something to be ignored and the inexperience of ben johnson brian johnson sorry um and uh obviously desai patricia were a factor and 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 we all remember like i i my my biggest okay i found i found my point which is (laughs) <laughs> the The reason why it, you, I agree with you about the head coaching situation is essentially because when we got to the Raiders game two years ago and he took a, te- took a step back, allowed Sheen to start calling plays, things dramatically improved. So there's obviously a clear comparison to be drawn between um, Sirianni's ability to, to play call. Cool. And when he got drawn back into it, when he realised that Brian Johnson, maybe a little bit out of his death, just needed more time, we didn't have the time... To afford him to, to to become a better offensive coordinator, or, or maybe he was just out of his depth. Bringing Sirianni back into play calling things and suddenly start to regress again because Sirianni, well, you know, we've kept him on, so I'm now rationalizing the fact that I want him around because he is good when he's not playing calling plays, and we've now got the coordinators that to allow him to step back, and maybe that will improve things. Maybe not, but he is definitely a better man manager than he is a play caller. So if that's what they fixed as it stands right now, that's the one thrift. That's the first thing that they've done. Get rid of the coordinators, get people in with more experience and allow Sirianni to go back to not calling plays and worrying about everything rather than what, what where it's a rush a run a option, a screen or whatever play and obviously getting involved and, conflicting with Brian Johnson or whoever else is having an input on on play calling, Sirianni going back to play calling will be the acid test for me. So if things go back to being rosy again, game one, game two, game three, we're back to win, winning and not losing any games, then you kind of got to look at that and go, well, that's got to be the reason then. Sirianni now, trying to call plays again was was the reason why the Eagles start to suffer.
0: Yeah, I mean, you can make that argument. You could also make the argument that we did very well at the start of this season anyway, and we still went into the problems we had. Um, it feels to me like what you're saying from all of that is the coordinator's not being experienced enough to deal with the expectations and talent within the team, and by changing those, we hope will be the answer. Tony, what would you say was the cause of death?
2: I'm, I'm not too dissimilar, although... I'm gonna extend Phil's hypothesis slightly. Um if if you look back over Siriani's tenure, first season, this is first season, second season he's surrounded by two very experienced um coordinators, you know, Gannon, love him, hate him, he had experience, and Shane Steichen, absolutely the same. So you know what that allowed Sirianni to do was to focus on the players.
0: And they had Fangio, sorry Tony, and they also had Fangio coming in and consulting with Gannon as well.
2: That was kind of just pre um, Super Bowl and and playoffs. So, you know, what what you had there was a head coach doing a head coach's job, an offensive coordinator doing an offensive coordinator's job and likewise with with Gannon um, in the defensive coordinator position. I think an element of and this, this I, I would hold um Howie responsible for this in terms of he looked at what he had in terms of Siriani, and I, I think he thought that Siriani was further ahead than he actually was. Mm. And he brought in two fairly inexperienced coordinators in um in Johnson and Desai. Uh, Phil and I were talking just before you came on, um, Liam, about well, my cat
0: board. lady died. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Um
2: about Phil's job and you know the the you know the world of cybersecurity and things. I think mm-hmm. someone let the firewall down um in NovaCare and in the link and a virus permeated that building. And I think probably early in the season, things started going wrong with Desai, they started going wrong with Johnson. Um he saw elements of discontent on the sidelines. And that's the hackers, you know, they're they're doing their they're doing their bit. That's the virus doing their bit. It came as a real shock to me that Desai um lost these stripes after two bad games. Um and it kind of looked to me as if they were actually just looking for a scapegoat. Um, you know, Matt Patricia coming in was just an absolute this disaster. This is where I'm going to go
0: with mine a little bit as well. Matt,
2: Matt Patricia coming in was just a disaster because actually the virus was already there and it was rampant.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and when we talk about holding to account, um, you know, Howie is a big, big part of that um, decision-making process as far as the, um, the coordinators is concerned. But fundamentally... It happened on Siriani's watch, and I think Siriani is a very lucky man to to hold to, to to still be holding his job. And I think that's probably credit to how good he is at doing the head coach's job, not a coordinator's job. And it, it's absolutely no surprise to me that they've brought in a massive amount of experience at the two coordinator mm-hmm. positions. And I think Sirianni, if he doesn't get it right this season, it's his last season at the Eagles. I agree. Um, I don't think I, I think
0: I don't think I, I think so just to jump on that point, Tony, I would go further and say if Siriani doesn't get it right in the first ten, eleven games, there will gone. be a new head there will be a yeah. new there will be it will be one of the two. There will be either be Fangio or Kellen Moore. We'll step them, up. will we'll step up into that
2: position, and probably the latter actually, because I think Fangio, so as well. I think is a is a perennial um, coordinator, mm-hmm. not um, yeah, not head coach. Is, is, I've never
0: won a Super Denver. Bowl. I know we're going to come on to this in the future, right? In, in, in later on this podcast, but we'll be shortly. Um, he's never won a Super Bowl. I'm, I'm jumping the gun here, but Fangio was like everyone allows him. Half of the the league tries to copy his scheme as defensive coordinator. He has never won a Super Bowl as a coordinator for any franchise. That worries me. Indeed. Given the nature of that, I think let me just elaborate on that. Given the nature of what a Fangio scheme is, i.e., bend don't break. Right. Fundamentally, that's what the Fangio scheme is. When you look at the base layer, right? Mm -hmm. It's it's bend don't break. It's don't bring too much pressure. Um, Stop the big plays over the top. There's far more people. There's many people who can talk more technically about his scheme, but fundamentally, that is what it is. At its core, that has been the reason the bend and break that you could argue that we didn't win the Super Bowl last year in the end. And you you could definitely argue was, was one of the big reasons we lost as many games as we did towards the back end of the year and um, this season as well. <clears throat> so basically, Harry Roseman, Nick Sirianni are going all in on this methodology of how to play defense. So they've gone and got the guy who built it, who made what it is. He, and they're going, right, okay, well, we've tried to get disciples. we tried to get people from this tree. Now we've got the guy who we want who could do it. Let's go and do it. If it doesn't work, it didn't work for Gallon when we had all that pressure, even with that scheme. Is it going to work for Fangio? <sighs> Don't know. I, I, it's, it, I just find it really interesting. Just to come back on the question, which was cause of death, uh, for me it was uh, moving to Scion. I know you say the virus was there already and, and some of those signs were there already. And and I, I think if you go back on the podcast, we probably all said, oh, you know, you know, bit of freshness, be great to see someone else give it a crack because the previous two games were so bad. But you go back to the wins against the Bills, the Chiefs and the, and the Dolphins, the Dolphins specifically, like the side completely shut down their, this team who had been scoring points on everyone in the league, and everyone was lauding him as, this is the difference between God, what Gannon was last year. He he was making changes at halftime. They were getting better in the second half, which is why we were winning those games at the end. The offense played well, but the defense also played well in the second half. As soon as Sirianni, whether it was Sirianni, whether it was Roseman, I know Sirianni came out and took credit for it. Whoever it was, because we don't know, um, made that decision. That was the That, that was the final hammer nail in there was a final nail in the coffin that was hammered in got my words on there um in terms of the season just capitulating from then on out and all you had to do was look at any of her fan base or any other commentator of any of her um team when the eagles gave him the play calling duties and Patricia and they just they all just went ha you're fucked (laughs) basically I mean that's the that's the, the, the short way of putting it but they literally all collectively went ha you're fucked now because we've seen this story we've seen this story play out before we've seen this script we know how it ends and it, it was historically bad I think some of the stats around the Eagles defensive um performances under Patricia were some of the worst defensive performances by any NFL any NF NF NFL team in the history of the NFL like it was it was historically bad it wasn't just bad it wasn't just okay it wasn't just bad it was Literally one of the worst defensive performances of any NFL any NFL team. I cannot say the word NFL team in the history of the NFL. It was that bad for me. That was an out in the coffin. I feel like the side maybe could have got back a little bit to what he was doing earlier in the season. The confidence in him may have made a difference. In reality, I don't think it would have done. We were dead in the water anyway. But that was. I think the reason for the monumental collapse afterwards. I feel like it's we still would have lost when we lost, uh, but I don't think it would have been as bad. And whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, because we might have kept the eye on, I I don't know. Um, but but for me it was it was the change in defensive coordinator that was the proper cause of death. Cool. Shall we move on to the Loch Lomond? and read, and then we'll be back in about 60 seconds. Sounds good. Go buy one! Celebrate victories, rally through challenges, and bond with Phil fans as you toast with a dram of Loch Lomond single malt whisky. From tailgating gatherings to watch parties at home, Loch Lomond whisky becomes an essential companion, enhancing the moments that make football so extraordinary. It's the perfect accompaniment from the joy of victory to the bittersweet moments of defeat. Loch Lomond offer a wide range of malts with their flagship perfectly balanced and signature expressions Inch Moan and Inch muren, to suit any taste palate. Celebrate greatness on and off the field this season with a perfect balance of Loch Lomond whisky and Eagles football. From the first pour to the crowd roar. Fly Eagles Fly. Woo! Woo! Tony, have you hired him yet to be your new PR man?
2: <laughs> he he needs to come and join our marketing team. The guy's a genius. <laughs> an absolute <laughs> genius. And it's it, it's it's the you know it's the sultry Scottish tone, oh. it's the It's the way he hangs in certain words. Guy's a genius. Bring him back. Bring him back. I know.
0: I know. I know. (laughs) Come back, Um, Mick. Come back, (laughs) Mick. I love it. All right, let's turn to some Eagles news, and that is the coaching hires. we touched on it Um, slightly there. I know in the last segment, I think I've given my piece on the Fangio hiring. Um, if If you didn't grasp what I was trying to get to, my piece here was a bit like Sirianni. This is one and done. But it's almost it'll be a collective shift in the entire way the Eagles front up at on defense. If Fangio doesn't work, um, this will be an entire change of scheme. There'll be a, there'll be a new head coach. But we won't be going down the Fangio style style defense. If it does all come together, then everything they've done to get us there last year was right. All the foundations were right at the start of the season before we capitulated, and the Eagles will go back to the Super Bowl next year. Um but I just want to get your thought your thoughts on the Fangio hire, Phil.
1: Yeah, so we were obviously supposed to get him for last season. That was That's the fundamental thing to start on, I think, is Gannon going. We were going to get Fangio in, but Gannon managed to give us one lasting fuck you um, by messing that one up. And Fangio ended up going to Miami for a year. Um, and now, given that Desai and the Patricia situation didn't go to plan, he's now got his opportunity to become in as the defensive coordinator. And I think overall massively positive I think towards it there obviously like you said there's a couple of niggling things that you know the naysayers are, are coming up with um why hasn't he won a Super Bowl blah 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 all those sort of things which
0: Ooh, I am I am I a naysayer
1: you are oh well, <laughs> you're coming across as one at I mean it's it's more of a case of I, I get what you're I'm not sold saying,
0: based on what I've seen in the last two yeah, years I think that, that's what
1: that, I'm that, that, there's gonna be yeah there's gonna be a, a few things that are gonna have to happen to to bring you back fully on side and 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 agreeing that it's it's the right move um another another local guy to to philly What well, i say local he says it's two out he says he's uh born and raised in Dunsmore, which is about two hours from philly which if you're looking in the uk is about the equivalent of me being born and raised in birmingham um
0: i mean, it, I, mean I would go i would go further and say if you, <laughs> like um so brian steffi a british and irish eagles um, member brian if you're listening in hi mate hope you're doing well over there in the u.s um Brian says an eight-hour drive for him is, is lovely <laughs> in the US. Like an eight hour drive is just you know it's going up the road to see to see family and friends, like it's nothing to them. So two hours, I mean, he's basically his house is in the link. <laughs> yeah,
1: basically in the link, as you said. Um he, he obviously as also previously mentioned as well, is he's known for the Sim system. He's got many disciples, and there's been when the Eagles obviously tried to get a couple of them in. Over the last couple of years, and it's not quite worked out. The arguments um, for and against that are: um, with defensive schemes, it's harder to have disciples or to follow a blueprint. It's it's a lot more sort of reactive and gut feelings and just general sort of ability to to, to call a defense um, reacting into play. So hopefully, having the having the godfather of the system itself will will prove to be good. Um, tends to play a a, a more Blatant 3-4 scheme um as opposed to 4-3, but
0: you would think that means they have to invest in linebackers, right? I mean Nolan Smith will sort will, will suit that system pretty well. Hassan Redick, you can make the argument would suit a 3-4 system, although I think he should be in a four rushing rushing the quarterback, but he has the athletic ability to play in a three-three-four system. And also, I was thinking about this question while you were talking about this. You look at Bradbury and Slay. You're going to play a fanjo style defense. You're going to need quick cornerbacks, mm. um, right? Need sticky, quick cornerbacks. And um, so, it'll be interesting to see what they do in the in the in the draft and in free agency. Um, yeah. Sorry, go on, Phil.
1: No, there's there's plenty more more to talk about, and I'll I'll, I'll try and list the rest of it before we get into the deeper discussions of it. Um, he's he's gonna be. Needing someone like Jordan Davis to step up in a more sort of nose tackle role, um, which might benefit him. It might be the the, the, the change that Jordan Davis needs to sort of fulfil his potential. Who knows? Um, but he has overseen 10 different top 10 defensive finishes at five different stops as defensive coordinator or head coach, including... Last year at Miami. So you're reeling me it, in, Phil. You're
0: re- there's a you're lot reeling of reeling
1: me in. I think it's, it's, it feels like redundant to say there's a lot of pedigree there because people talk about his system, which is automatically a, a flag of someone who's obviously well respected as a defensive coordinator or a defensive mind, full stop. Um, whether he's won a Super Bowl or not isn't necessarily down to him. If the offense is shit that the team he's playing for, he can't do much about that. I think
0: he's been in the NFL too long for him not to have won a Super Bowl, not to be a flag. He has
1: been in the NFL for what, 25, 30 years? Yeah. So I, I know, I know, I know what you're saying. I'm just trying to provide the the, the counterpoint or at least a, a defense that's saying that I'm not going to, I'm not worried about that sort of thing. It's more about how he gets the Eagles operating and the, the development of the players that we have, the introduction of players that we're going to have to get and an upgrade. You'd be, Probably um, putting safe money on the, the majority of the Eagles draft picks this year will be defensive ones for obvious reasons. But with a defensive mind like Fangio being the person behind those picks or behind the strategy in the draft, you'd like to think that we're going to get a, su- a sufficient influx at, at cornerback, at, at DB. Hugh at, at you Harry
0: Roseman going offensive line with the first pick. The- <laughs> the I was, that
1: was exactly what I was going to caveat. My point with was bar... Maybe an offensive tackle as a, a future replacement for Lane I'd Johnson. would like to I'm think Jordan.
0: Tyler Steen can be can be coached into that role, wouldn't you? Yeah,
1: but I feel like coaching players into a role. I think when you're Stoutman, he do player, anything. He's gone. when you're losing a player like Lane Johnson, I think you need to have a blue chip player from the get go because the, the drop. Not too Brandon
0: straight. Brooks. Um, um Jason Peters was replaced with a seventh round pick. Sorted. I'm joking. I'm playing.
1: Yeah, I know you can't get. You might not get that lucky this time around. Um, and but, but
0: it's a really important point, and I just want to touch on this right now because I know draft priorities is on the list. But while we're here, I want to ask both of you the question: Do the Eagles prioritize Lane Johnson replacement, or are you comfortable that Tyler Steen can be coached into that role because he's the only one who can be in the current Eagles roster that can be coached into that role to fulfill that role right now? Unless you're going to move mile out of from left to right, and you wouldn't do that because it's blindside, and he's already good at um, So do you, do you, do you do that now? Do you wait another year? Do you, do you think Lane has got two more years? Basically, he's got this year and then another year to coach someone up. Um, or do you focus on the absolute necessity need, which is glaringly obvious, which is cornerback? And I don't just mean in the draft here; I mean in free agency as well.
2: I'll go first on that one, Phil. I'm not convinced that cornerback is the glaring need, because if you look at Fangio's scheme, um I'll come back to Phil's godfather analogy in a second, but if you look at Fangio's scheme, it's all premised on the versatility of linebackers and safeties. And if you look at where we were absolutely shredded um, in the second half of the season, it was in those two positions, as well as our mutual friends, Mr Bradbury, Um, I'd say the last three
0: seasons I wouldn't even say I know it was bad last season I know we made the Super Bowl the season before but we have been it was was good enough it was good enough
2: yeah Yeah, it was was good enough to get us to the Super Bowl Um, but ultimately you know you lose some of those pieces like Chauncey and um, TJ Edwards, and all of a sudden you have a significant deficiency in that that linebacker and in, and uh, in, in safety position. And when Bradbury's not on on his game and Slay, you know, we regressed slightly last season, you've got big big problems. So in order for the Fangio scheme to work, which is premised on the versatility of your your secondary, in particular your your safeties, you've got to do something at safety this season. So I wouldn't be I wouldn't be prioritising. Um, right tackle or, or lane's replacement at this stage, you know, whether it's free agency, whether it's the draft, you have got to go in, uh, and and plug those gaps that we've blatantly got.
0: Yeah, I yeah. can't I can't dis- I can't disagree with that. I do think the Eagles need to um, they need to address cornerback because Slay regressed slightly last year, If you look at the stats, they were still pretty good, and they were they were nearly on par to the season before. He, had a, he, he was out for a little bit. I think he had a bit of an injury for a while, um, which didn't help. Um, coincidentally coincide, coincided with um, Patricia getting the defensive coordinator um, playbook in his hand. Um, and and Bradbury, is he might as well be in a grave. I don't think any team's going to pick him up next year. If They do, they're idiots. Um, he, I've never seen a fall off cliff like we saw with Bradbury. And, and I'll also make the point, I think I might have made it on a previous podcast, Bradbury wasn't this perennial top five quarterback before he came to the Eagles. The best season he ever had in his entire career was the Super Bowl year. Um, he was he was okay for the Giants beforehand, but he wasn't he wasn't um, stand out. And if I look at Slay, is he going to be thirty three this year? Thirty three, I should say. turned three this year. tree small There are Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's going to be thirty three by the time the the season starts. Um, that is older than any starting quarterback corner, cornerback that played in the playoffs this year, um, and Bradbury is gone. So I know they picked up—I can't remember his name—picked they, they picked up someone last year who was on the um, commissioner's exempt list uh, for gambling or whatever it was. Um, but again, this isn't a starting first-caliber talent who we think is going to come in and, and rule the roost. I would—I would still. I, I, Get your point. I would still target cornerbacks because we've seen how successful first-round drafted quarterbacks can be out of the draft. The numbers don't lie. You get them later, they don't perform. You get them earlier, they're guaranteed stars. Phil.
1: Yeah, I, I was going. I was thinking of a, of a good an analogy in terms of whether you want me to prioritize the offensive line. Or, or, or the defense side of the side of the ball, and it, it, I think we're playing. with I'm going to go
0: one, one further here. And I, so discount right tackle, discount offensive line. We know Harry doesn't doesn't spend draft capital on linebackers. Albeit the, the late the late the third he he, he placed placed um, on um, Sugar. What's his name? Um, he's been injured all year. Um, linebacker out of Alabama, Out of Georgia. Christ, I can't remember his name. Dean, Kobe Dean, thank you. Um, even that was a high pick for him. Is how he gonna prioritize safety or linebacker, or is he gonna is he gonna prioritize cornerback in the draft?
1: Well, the the player that you're you're thinking of, just to put you out in misery, was Isaiah Rogers, um ah, released by the Colts you. for the gambling um violation. Um so you can argue that maybe the Eagles were are planning on the fact that he's gonna have a big impact. He's been around he will have been around the Eagles, I suppose, um, to sort of get through that that year, sitting like a was it a redshirted year essentially, um, learning schemes and, and and getting embedded in the team. It just feels like there's just overall there's a collective great need with the bringing in such an experienced defensive coordinator and the deficiencies in Bradbury, the injuries that we've had. We definitely need a massive injection, I think. That's what overall collectively what makes it a bigger need. Um, I think, that, like like uh, Tony said, with linebackers and that, you know, if we do lose Reddick um, because he's looking for a, for a big payout, if you know, we've got Kobe Dean who we're not sure about, we've got Ndamukong Smith who we're not quite sure about. All these players could potentially um, be back with the Eagles and, and and suddenly have a an improved lease of life under a new defensive coordinator. So there's lots to unpick. Not rather than just which players we're deficient on, because you can argue that we have, have we have seeds there, and we need the flowers to grow. We need Siriano to grow, oh, Those flowers good, don't we? Yeah. Sorry, sorry, oh, we I'll myself out. Um, Did you
0: know that Isaiah Rogers is a returner as well? Twenty twenty season, he returned twenty four um, kickoff returns for seven hundred yards and one touchdown, including a long of one hundred and one.
1: I think there's lots of things to lose your lose your head over and be like it, the sky is falling like let's just let's just let's lose our minds about how bad the Eagles were which is valid and definitely not without reason but I think come come sort of July August time I think we'll definitely be feeling a lot better and a lot more confident as we always do when the season comes around we we pump the positivity throughout the fan base and and that but I think generally the the issues it always is you know, going back to the Fletcher Cox situation with Debo Samuel, just you know, just process it, let it sit there. Let just put keep your powder dry until it really starts to matter. And if they've not done what they need to do, but come come August time, then we can start getting on this team about where they're deficient and, and all the stuff. They've got plenty of time to to address these needs in, in draft or. Um, yeah, signing free agents, or and with the new defensive coordinators, getting a whole off season to to improve the team. So I think there's. Let's just you know let's just pump the brakes and let's just see how things turn out over the next few months. Let's let's see what the draft turns out first. That's the next so, next stage. On to draft season. Let's go.
0: Let's let let's uh, set on the fence and see how it all plays out. Right. Yeah. Um, love it. All right. Listen. Um, we've got a lot to talk about in the next podcast. Um, we need to talk about the free agents who the Eagles have coming up, uh, who they're going to keep, who they're going to let go, who they're going to target, where they're going to target. Um, there's the draft, which we need to talk about as well, which we've barely touched on. we got some mock drafts to do and a bit of research to do in the next couple of weeks um, for sure. We need to talk about those priorities. We need to, we need to talk about the hopes for the offseason, and I think we need to delve into it in a little bit more detail, which we've not had time to on this podcast, the offensive and defensive coordinator hires that the Eagles have made as well. So... I think we can wrap it up there, folks. And let's take the second half of what was supposed to be this podcast, and let's get another podcast in next week. Um, And then we will have a couple of weeks break because um, it's my fault. I'm in Chicago for work, and I am then in South Africa for joy and pleasure. Um, So we will have another podcast. We'll go through those elements, which we didn't get to today, purely because I don't want to lose mixed bet of the over, um, which it's I think lost, I've already lost. I lost the in, idea by nine minutes. <laughs> um, but also, I think there's a lot more to get into detail about. I think we've, we've covered off everything pretty well today, um, and um, let's commit to doing another podcast um, next week before we have a couple of weeks break before the draft, uh, which I think will be will be will be, will be really good. Um, but listen, thank you very much, Tony, Phil, for a uh, so podcast. Always- it, it's been a nice little break, hasn't it, for us all to recuperate. Lick Our Wounds. Tony, as you said at the beginning of the podcast, Phil, to work on his beard game between the last podcast and this podcast. It's looking very well, Phil. I like it. And a big shout out to our winners, and um, by the way, of the um, Fantasy Football Leagues we did this year. Thank you, Tony, um, to your continued patronage and sponsorship through Loch Lomond Whiskies of this podcast. Um, our winners received a lovely bottle of Loch Lomond um, British and Irish Eagles whiskey, as well as um, some of them received some merch, which were great, gracefully and gratefully received by um, the Philadelphia Eagles themselves. So what, what does that say? It means next year, make sure you sign up, make sure you get involved in the fantasy football. Phil, a huge thank you for you for organising all of that um, and also organising um, the winners, making sure they get what they get um so huge kudos on the next podcast we'll make some announcements about what it's going to look like for the 2024 2025 season what membership's going to look like and when the next time we'll be podcasting we'll be looking at our mock drafts and our draft season as well as our next trip to Philadelphia for the Eagles trip of a lifetime which was gratefully enjoyed by 25 Eagles fans this year. And there's been so many people who've messaged me both on Twitter, on Instagram, and on my personal number saying they regretted missing last, this year, they just gone by, and they can't wait to go for next year. I think we've already had like 10 or 12 people sign up before. It's even been a possibility to sign up for next year's uh, trip. So exciting to look out for that as well. Um, Phil, Tony, thank you very much. I nearly said Mick. Um, Mick, hope you enjoy listening in. British and Irish Eagles fans, we love you, and we'll be back soon. Go, birds!
2: Go, birds.